Osiris. Welcome back to The Drop. I just want to say uh, happy birthday to my first and original HF Pod co-host, Brad Tembrook, one of my best friends. Have a great day, Brad. I hope you have a good good birthday. Okay, so AI is coming for music. Uh, one of the stories that, that we've all been following over the past few months is the chat GPT and how AI is going to affect our lives. I'm following this story on, on the music side about Google's creation of this uh, this thing called Music LM. And one of the questions on my mind I'll be asking artists moving forward is, could an AI generator compose a song like You Enjoy Myself? You know, if we give it enough time, enough information. Um, AI, a paper was published um, by researchers which says that um, Music LM outperforms previous music generation models both in audio quality and adherence to the text prompt. And researchers say Music LM can also be trained on both text and a melody, meaning it can transform whistled and hummed tunes to the style from a text prompt. So this is not the first AI music tool. Uh, Dating back to the 90s, there have been AI-based tools that have composed and supplemented music. But clearly we're entering a different world here with AI. Um, Would this be a tool for songwriters to do their jobs more effectively? Or would it stifle creativity? Um, ChatGPT has basically sent the entire world scrambling to figure out what to do about the use of AI in education and in business. And even though these tech companies are spending millions on these tools and have been for a long time, this has seemingly sort of come out of nowhere. And now we're hearing about it from music. Um, Like I said, it's definitely one of the topics I'll be broaching in upcoming artist interviews because I'm curious what musicians think of this. Computers help all of us do our jobs better. Definitely helps musicians um, in terms of recording and sampling and also laying down, you know, drum tracks and things like that as they're writing. But it does seem like there's some aspect of, of music composition that's sacred, untouchable. It's an art form that needs human experience, intuition, and all that. So it'll be interesting. Of course, nothing will replace the live performance aspect of music. Hearing people play music in a room can never be replicated by a computer. Or maybe it can. Uh, but also, could it help talented musicians become more prolific? Uh, it's definitely something I'm going to explore when I when I talk to artists. Okay, so Warner Music Group is shifting vinyl production to decrease environmental impact. This is a pretty cool story. So uh, one of the big three labels, obviously, it says they'll shift from 180 gram to 140 gram vinyl. They're going to invest in ways to produce records without PVC, and they're going to adopt recycling uh, from production offcuts. They'll also have more production in the U.S., So here's a fact to keep in mind for us vinyl fans. Pressing plants use antiquated production techniques and toxic brew of chemicals, giving vinyl 12 times the greenhouse gas emissions of other physical media like CDs. So Warner says that through these measures, they can reduce greenhouse gas emissions significantly. And uh, in 2022, they pressed 60% of their vinyl on 140-gram discs instead of 180, and they reduced the output of raw plastic by 470 tons. I pay, I pay pretty close attention to climate and environmental news, but I tend to think about it in terms of airplanes, cars, the energy we use at home, 
et cetera, all that stuff. That's one of the reasons we got solar at our house. Um, I listen to vinyl all the time at home, and, and honestly, I've never thought about this until I read this article, which is maybe my fault. But it's a cool thing that one of the biggest players in music is taking drastic efforts um, to to try to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, of course, in the hopes that it'll be helpful for their business as well as the environment. But um, this is cool to see, and it'll be interesting to see how vinyl changes, if at all, um, by by stuff like this and whether the others follow suit. All right, I also want to tell you... Uh, Check out No Simple Road. It's a podcast um, from Osiris. If you're a Dead fan or fan of the jam band and music community, you'll love this show. Uh, the team does two episodes per week, one focused on a weekly rewind and one with an artist video. Their family vibe, the warmth and intelligence they have really produces some insightful and unique interviews. Um, no Simple Road is one of the first podcasts not created by me or Tom to join the Osiris family, and they've grown and evolved so much. They've interviewed so many musicians, and it's just great to see them continue to grow. I've interviewed hundreds of musicians myself, and um, I got to say, sometimes when I listen to their interviews, I'm a little jealous. I'm like, man, how did you guys do this? And they just have this ability to get artists to let down their guard, to open up, and really to kind of embrace being part of the No Simple Road family for the length of the interview. They do a really phenomenal job of creating this kind of family vibe, and it always feels like you're just hanging on the porch with them. So I would recommend checking them out and, and keep it up, No Simple Road team. All right, so if you like what we're doing here at The Drop, please uh, drop me a line, rj at osirispod.com, or, or hit us up on social media. Um, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Share the show with your friends. Um, as I mentioned last week, we'll be bringing you music news every day, but I'm also going to be doing some artist interviews, which I'll use um, this feed for. So stay tuned for that, and uh, thanks for the support. I'm having a lot of fun, and I hope you guys are enjoying it too. See you tomorrow. Yes.